on Podcast 1782, Ford's EV investment plan, the Audi Q8 e-tron, and Tesla open up more superchargers for the rest of us here in Europe. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Trying a new thing so you know when to expect a show. We go live at 5pm, that's UK time, midday Eastern. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. Sorry for the patchy nature of the podcast lately. Uh, one of the last things I was able to talk to my dad about, and Patreon supporters will know a bit more about my personal situation, uh, was dad said, don't be so damn ridiculous and don't let down your podcast listeners just for me. But uh, it's not a great diagnosis, I'm afraid. Um, and I've been spending the last few days, uh, as in his last few days, um, with my dad. And so uh, it's been quick and sudden, uh, no treatment, and I won't bring you down. But that's why the podcast, uh, you know, I'm sure you won't mind priorities and all that. Uh, but that's why I've not been working. Um, but uh, but when he, when, when he could still talk, he said, don't be ridiculous. Uh, get on with your podcast, build it, and uh, and 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 do EV news, which he's so so proud of me uh, for 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 making. Right, let's uh, let's let's get on and, and not talk about all that kind of stuff. Maybe I'll do a a, a, a full for anyone that cares. No one cares, but I, maybe I'll do a full uh, detail of what's what's happened with uh, with uh, with Papa Lee uh, sometime in the future. Right, uh, let's start with the news. And Ford sees a three billion dollar pre tax loss in their EV business, and we know that because of a way that they are splitting out their information. So we know uh, Ford expects their EV business unit to lose. $3 billion this year. The projections for their three-year losses from 2021 to 2023 are $6 billion as they spend big to catch up to Tesla. Starting with the first quarter results this year, Ford are going to report their business units so we know what they're spending on their electric endeavours. They've called it Ford Model E. There's Ford Blue, which is the combustion stuff, and Ford Pro, which is commercial vehicles. Uh, They will have the capacity to build 600,000 EVs every year by the end of this year, and they're aiming for 2 million by the end of 2026. Profits from their commercial and combustion stuff are what are going to offset the losses from their EV production. Ford will continue to lose a similar amount of money every year until they become profitable in late 2026 with their EV business. They say are linked to that story in the show notes if you'd like to find out more. Moving on, Tesla expects to lose the full $7,500 federal tax credit on their cheapest EV. Uh, That is simply called Model 3. And that is the standard range version, aka, uh, due to their battery cells being sourced in China. The new tax credit program requires battery production in North America and battery material sourcing and processing in countries with a free trade agreement with the US to get the full amount. But the IRS has yet to release detailed guidance about those requirements. Tesla's Model 3, Model Ys uh, get full access if the battery cells are the ones that come from the Panasonic Tesla facility in the US. So what on earth is happening with this piece of US legislation that should have been nailed on well in time for the 1st of January before it was kicked down the road? Well, it turns out the Biden administration looks like they could well release the proposed guidance sometime next week. That is for the domestic sourcing requirements for EV batteries to qualify for the full amount. The guidance was included in the $370 billion climate change measures in the Act, which limit the EV tax credit for the batteries, depending on, like I mentioned, where the minerals and 
components are sourced and processed as well, aka the non-China rule. Uh, the assistance from the Treasury Department is meant to reduce emissions in transportation and protect Americans from spikes in, in gas prices, while strengthening and fostering a US domestic supply chain. It also seeks to ensure the US and its allies not reliant on China for batteries in the future. Companies have announced tens of billions of dollars of EV manufacturing plans since Biden announced that act. Right, moving on. We'll go to China now, where the Cadillac Lyric is being made by General Motors with their SAIC GM collaboration, joint venture. And the Lyric has been released in China. And to drum up a bit of interest, GM sales team have been offering free test drives of the Lyric. The locations, Tesla superchargers around Shanghai. Some Tesla owners didn't see the funny side of it and were unhappy. Others thought it was a pretty smart tactic. While you're waiting for your Tesla to charge up, hey, come and have a drive of the Lyric for 20 minutes and see what you think of it. Uh, Lyric is in either rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, a variety of power outputs and ranges as well in China. But that, I think it's a smart move. I mean, if you don't see the funny side of that, or at least see what they're trying to do, I mean, that's kind of a compliment to Tesla, right? That they are number one. They're the one, they're the market leader that they're going after, at least for that vehicle. So uh, I, I take that as a compliment. Okay, moving on. And we'll talk Hyundai and Electrify America agreeing to provide two years of complimentary charging for first-time owners of the Ionic 6 at the EA DC Fast Charging Stations. The deal also applies to the Kona Electric and the Ionic 5 for, again, like I say, first-time buyers of new versions of that vehicle. The Ionic 5 and Ionic 6, of course, have that 800-volt architecture, 18 minutes to 80% in ideal circumstances, 361 miles of range. But is free charging a good idea? If you ask me, I say no, because, well, firstly, it devalues what is fuel. And it makes people think of electricity as free. That's a terrible idea, because it's not. It costs somebody somewhere money to generate it. It's also bad because increasing evidence shows that for those cars that have free charging sessions, and okay, it might be 30 minutes, but people just unplug and plug in again. A lot of people are, who live near an Electrify America station and have home charging will go and plug it in, leave it there, and uh, till 100%. Because, hey, they've paid for it in their mind. It's free. And I don't really fault those people, but they are abusing. I mean that in a not a non-personal way. Like, I think they're abusing the DC fast charging network. At least if you want to charge your car to 80% and then skedaddle, that's a good thing. It's a considerate thing to do. It's a compassionate thing to do for people desperate for a charge. But when there's a queue of cars and you're on, you know, 98% and it's just dribbling the last few electrons in and you won't move because heck you've got your free charging on your vwid4 or whatever this is your ionic 6 owners which we're seeing increasing evidence of people doing because hey they've paid for it and i don't necessarily fault that's human nature after all uh it's just a terrible idea free charging terrible idea offer discounts or something up to 80 percent and and don't allow it after 80 percent. the technology is there to do that I think, surely. All right, let's move on and talk Audi Q8 e-tron. Uh, it's out now, in at least here in the UK. Car Magazine, which I love, have got a big review of it. And so if it's not available for where you are, hopefully you get this vehicle soon. It is, of course, the Audi e-tron, but they've now badged it Q8 to fit in with Audi's naming conventions. And they've actually improved the vehicle. Better battery range. Now, Car Magazine say, and I quote, 
It's got a new battery and it needed it. The old model's 249 miles of WLTP range would have been acceptable in 2018, but against today's 350-plus mile rivals, it's off the pace. And that was the claimed range. In testing, we were averaging 170 miles in the old e-tron. To improve the situation, Audi crammed in more batteries. Uh, The entry-level 50 gets 89 kilowatt-hours, and the 55 model gets 106 kilowatt-hours, which takes the range to a claimed 343 miles in the Audi e-tron Q8. Sounds good. Charging hardware is also upgraded. So the base model, the 50, gets 150 kilowatt-fast charging. And the 55 gets 170 kilowatt DC fast charging. That's an 80% charge in 30 minutes on the right kind of device. According to the trip computer, though, in Car Magazine's real-world test, they averaged 2.7 miles per kilowatt hour, so the big battery is well shy of 300 miles in the real world. But hey, maybe they tested it this time of year. It is February, March. It's been cold, so... But that's still real world. I get that. Uh, It's a useful update on the e-tron that's delivered what it set out to do. Bring back the vehicle to class standards. It's now got a competitive range. It says a lovely place to sit and drive around in. It handles better. And on the downside, they say it's outdriven by the I-Pace and the BMW iX. But the Audi e-tron, the Q8 e-tron, is one of my favourite vehicles out there. So I'm glad that's been... Uh, updated and a mid-cycle refresh and of course if you're looking to buy a used e-tron hopefully that will push down the used prices a little bit so you can get in one of those but yeah it's always efficiency's never been um top draw for that vehicle right let's talk rivian preparing their owners for supercharging on tesla's uh sites a new over-the-air update will improve the owner's ability of Rivians to use Tesla's supercharging network with the Magic Dock, part of the Tesla's decision to open up the superchargers in North America to get that government funding, because the government only fund open chargers. Rivian owners can now access the supercharging locations with their in-car navigation and the Rivian app as well. Additionally, you get a TuneIn Premium subscription. Plug and charge is being rolled out. Hallelujah. Can't wait to see that on some YouTube videos being tried out and other improvements as well uh, with phone key and key fob proximity unlocking being improved and I gather it needed to be. Okay, let's talk the Spanish bit of VW. That's Cupra. That's Sayat. That's on the way. We'll talk some more Tesla supercharging stations being opened up this time in Europe and an extended warranty offered now officially by Tesla. Could be of interest to a few listeners who own those vehicles, those stories, and a lot more coming up after the ads. And remember, if you want to get the podcast ad-free, you can do that by signing up to be a Patreon supporter for 5 or $10 a month, maybe. It's an executive producer level. That's a couple of posh coffees. You can get this podcast on the air and remove the ads with your own unique feed. Back in a sec. Okay, now let's talk about the Spanish bit of the VW, Seat, and their performance brand, Cupra, launching larger EVs. Now, it is in 2028, so this one's a little bit of a way off, but this is for the North American market, and I wonder how many of my US listeners are massively familiar with Cupra, or even Seat. It's going to be on the SSP SSP platform, which is going to be the next thing from VW, uh, MEB and MEB Plus and the PPE platforms. 
are moving on. And the last internal combustion engine from Cupra comes next year. Then it's going to be all EV with, like I say, some larger premium EVs. The Cupra Born, which is their version of the ID3, is actually really, really good car. I think actually you know, subjective. The, the styling is more to my liking. And uh, they do some interesting, interesting bits with that. Not to call the ID3 boring by any means. Moving on, and the Chinese battery company CATL are next in the news today because they just began series production of their new Kirin battery that has the power uh, to, or the potential to power cars like the Zika uh, 009, which is their. I think they're big one, uh, up to 622 miles, a 1,000 kilometres. That's awfully convenient, isn't it, a 1,000? That is on the Chinese te- CLTC test cycle, so it's not real world. I think that Zika 009, because it's a bit bigger, uh, is only like 500 miles in China, but again, nowhere near that. The Zika 001, again, promising 1,000 miles of... 1,000 kilometres, sorry. <laughs> That's a miles be crazy. 1,000 kilometres of range, but again, not real world. Other car makers like Ito are waiting for that battery as well. It's 13% more powerful than anything that CATL have made, than their 4680s that they uh, typically, uh, that you can compare it to. Uh, Higher volumetric capacity, uh, much better thermal efficiency, faster charging as well. So this next generation technology from the world's biggest car battery maker is now in series production. Okay, let's get back to a bit of Tesla news then. Three stories for you. Tesla is opening up more superchargers in Europe for third-party use. Already got loads open. They've increased the number significantly, though. 69 locations in Germany alone. In the Netherlands, nearly all the superchargers are now open for use, with the exception of the recently opened V4 supercharger, that V4. I've not talked a lot about the V4, because like I say, I've been off and patchy for a couple of days with the podcast, but I want to talk more about that. Uh, The supercharger has uh, the V4 longer cables to make it easier for third-party cars to charge on. I'll pop a link to that story in the show notes if you would like to um, read more. I wonder if we'll ever get to the stage where every single Tesla supercharger is open, a bit like we find in the Netherlands. Uh, That'll be interesting. I don't know what the UK has done, though, because looking at the map, there's nothing down near me in Dorset anyway. The nearest ones were always... Um, up on the M4 Reading Way. Looking at the map in the UK, I don't think it looks any different. Then I haven't got a photographic memory. It still looks about 13, 14 locations. So maybe the UK isn't affected. But yes, certainly some fantastic news there uh, from some parts of Europe. And what if you want to buy a used Model 3? And uh, long-time listeners know that I often say I always try and drive Teslas very regularly, all the models regularly, although we don't own one. And I do think I need to change that and own either a 3 or a Y. Oh, I'd love a used Model X. Can't afford it. Um, I know it's old tech as well, but I just, you know what? It, I love I love driving the X. And uh, I think we're probably quite close to that as well. I think, I think anyway. Um, so I, I, would buy, I would buy a used one. I'd definitely buy a used one. And at the minute, at least in the US, the used price has gone down by 22%. That's $11,000 on average as the decrease is because Tesla's offering discounts on their new vehicles. The biggest price drop in the last six months compared to other used electric vehicles comes from Tesla's. So, you know, great news if you are looking to get into a used Tesla. That's the US story, but I don't know the the UK numbers. I can tell you anecdotally because I follow these things that... 
I've been told from people in the know and looking at the auto trader data that it's, I would think, about the same. Also, there's an increasing supply as Berlin ramps up and uh, Texas ramps up and Shanghai hasn't been improved recently. So you can get a a new Tesla almost instantly. And that reduces the need for people to think, well, I'll buy a used one because I don't want to wait six months. But then the used prices are inflated. So uh, if you're in the market for a used Tesla, I'd love to know from you what you're looking at. Because like I say, the next few months, we might be doing the same. But first job, First job, sell the MG, because now we've got the MG and the Hyundai Kona, and something has to go before something else arrives, obviously, for financial reasons. Now let's talk a little bit about Tesla offering an extended warranty. They're calling an extended service agreement an ESA, but, you know, extended warranty, as I guess is what lots of people call them, at least on the... Three and the Y, I've seen two stories, one Teslarati, one Clean Technica, uh, and so they both mention that it's about two years of coverage, 25,000 miles. So what's covered um, from the official Tesla ESA warranty? Uh, repair and replacement of parts needed to correct defects in either the materials or the workmanship. That's key. It excludes items like consumables and maintenance parts, suspension, ooh, okay, Appearance, obviously. Shock absorbers? Nah. Why would they exclude those? And wear and tear on wheels, tyres, upholstery. That's all fine. But I don't know why you'd sort of exclude suspension and shocks. But, okay. Um, The ESA can be purchased through the Tesla app. Uh, You you click on the link in the app. It's $2,000, depending on... Or $1,800, depending on the car that you've got. It's for two years as well, so... Is that worth it? It's a lot, isn't it? You know, $1,000 a year for a warranty. I wonder how that compares to third-party products and the level of coverage as well. But I don't know. If you build it into the price of a vehicle, it might be worth it in case anything goes wrong. Because Teslas don't tend to go wrong, but when they do, it, it can be spectacular. And by that, I mean spectacularly expensive. All right, let's talk about how Americans are getting on board with e-bikes. An article on Jalopnik discussing the popularity of e-bikes as an alternative to four-wheeled EVs, looking at the proposed electric bicycle incentive kickstart program for the Environment Act and how it could make more people switch from their cars to e-bikes for short to medium journeys, looking at a study from the University of Toronto, which suggests electric vehicles alone aren't going to do enough to change the needle on on climate change and we need to do other things like use our vehicles less for journeys that could be walked or cycled or using other forms of micro mobility or e-mobility electric bikes are something that when you've got one and tried one you think oh man that's just brilliant why didn't i do this years ago more efficient less wasteful and if you don't need to take two tons of metal a mile down the road to go to the shop to get a pint of milk, why don't you jump on your e-bike? And it's good exercise as well, although frankly, depending on the e-bike you've got, you don't do a lot of pedalling effort. Now we'll talk about how EVs can contribute to energy security. Now, the Director of Technology and Innovation at Octopus Electric Vehicles. Now, you know a sponsor of this podcast is Octopus Electric Universe, and uh, the director there is Claire Miller has been overseeing trials of the Nissan Leaf where, with a Chatamo connection, owners have been plugging their vehicles in and using the batteries to store and charge, not only the vehicle, but put electricity back into the grid. Uh, She's been talking about how the potential for this study, which is now finished, showing how EVs can 
positively contribute to energy security. If the technology is developed for mass adoption with the CCS standard, it could provide 20 gigawatts of energy storage, at least in the UK alone. That's 31 million solar panels worth. Uh, She believes the infrastructure required to get cars and chargers talking to each other and then talking to the grid should be available on a wider scale by the beginning of next year. And she stressed the importance of green technology of it's part of the solution to the cost of living crisis. And I, 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 can, I have a home battery, solar edge home battery, and I completely agree. Like right now, it is tipping down with rain. I'm not generating at all. And before the battery, that would have meant, well, you know, even with what's on the studio lights, et cetera, et cetera, we make a cup of tea. That all comes from the grid. Now I know that I'm good to use. It was sunny this morning, so we did some washing and stuff, and the, the panels would have either gone into the battery with excess or would have used some energy that we generated ourselves. But now we're good till 12.30 and then I'll recharge the battery at 12.30 on Octopus Go at 12 pence. And so, uh, you know, if we can then use the car, that's 10 kilowatt hours. Well, look, what's in the driveway? The Hyundai Kona is 64 kilowatt hours. The MG's at SEV. It's, it's got to go. Um, oh, we, I love that car so much. Uh, it's 41 kilowatt hours. So, you know, I've got you know, over 100 kilowatt hours. So it's 105 kilowatt hours of, of batteries on the driveway and then 10 in the garage. And so if we can use our cars, it just makes so much sense. Okay, let's talk last two stories. Um, the London Electric Vehicle Company, owned by Geely for the last 10 years, in other words, the London Black Cab, just made their 10,000th vehicle at their Coventry factory, the world's most advanced uh, electric taxi. Sold in global markets now, 200 years since the first Hackney carriage is what they are, already a Hackney carriage, a licensed Hackney carriage. And 75 years since the first iconic black cab was on the road. And so LEVC have a lot of heritage that they are looking after. Now they're the owner of that brand uh, with the electric taxi. It's a range extender, but I nearly always hear them in electric mode, at least in central uh, London, has now travelled 534 million miles on EV power. And so says LEVC, saved 162,000 tonnes of CO2 being Emitted. And the final story, and this is, I mean, it's not niche, it's a little bit deeper. So the company Umicore has received European Union approval for their joint venture with Volkswagen's Power Co. That's their battery business. Uh, in both Europe and Canada, they will produce active cathode materials and recycle batteries to produce recycled materials to go into EV batteries from 2025, about 2.2 million electric vehicles worth. The joint venture will explore refining and battery recycling to establish a closed loop model and production uh, naming will happen, I think, of the joint venture very soon. But the, the, you know, the point is, with, with, with bat- EV batteries, is yes, there is mining involved and depending on how that is then processed, there are, and actually the recycling process, let's not get too nerdy now, but the recycling process isn't all good. There are some better ways to recycle and some more carbon-intensive ways to recycle. But if you can then recycle those EV batteries at the end of life and then make new EV batteries out of them, that closed-loop cycle, which is what they they talk about, the closed-loop business, it creates economic opportunities, it creates new jobs, and more importantly, it reduces the impact of driving an electric vehicle if we buy one in 10 years' time and it's got a recycled battery inside. Well, no, a brand new battery made from recycled parts because often when you recycle and refine and re-refine those metals, they actually get more pure, actually get better. And actually a recycled battery could even be better when you've taken all of the 
minerals, the, the, the metals, the plastics off an old battery and make a new one out of it. So it, it's it's really important to talk about, but I'm sure I'm sure it's not a you know a box office story. It's why I've put it last in the running order. If you're still here with me, thank you for listening. Our premium partners are Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.